Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. With me this week is my friend Patrick. How you doing, Patrick? Good. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Uh, the weather's starting to turn. It's an early spring, not a uh, six more week of, weeks of winter, as the uh, groundhog told us, so... Um, so that's good for us. Except I'm going to the Poconos next weekend. Okay, well, there's the <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's a little uh, colder and snowier up there, right? No, they're probably going to wash out the whole lot, or <laughs> whole resort. But the good news is, there's a lot more to do now than there was 20 years ago. So. Oh, that's for sure, absolutely, yeah. And I do enjoy during like the the summer they've got like the uh, you know the water park and stuff up there. But Camelback Mountain's really fun. Pretty much all year round. And uh, isn't it Great Wolf Lodge up there too? Yeah, Great Wolf Lodge is up there. Now Kalahari Water Park. That's Indian right. Water Park. So we're, we're already booked to go there on Sunday. So. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, a lot of a lot of water parks in this area here in New Jersey. Um, so, Patrick, you're, a, you're an Eagles fan. So how? Born and bred, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're an overall Philadelphia sports fan. Would that be accurate? Yeah, yeah. I grew up like 35 minutes outside the city. So. Well, then there you go. So... Are you still on cloud nine? There's cloud nine and it's still a little bit of shock, I think. I don't think anybody ever saw this coming. I, I, I tell people this must be what it like, was like to live in Boston in 2004. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, see, the thing also, because I was thinking about it, Philadelphia has been since the early 80s, there's only been four major championships. The, uh, the Flyers. Flyers but, haven't won since the 70s. The Sixers was 82. I thought it was 80, well, yeah, 82, 83. 82, 83, yeah. And then uh, oh, the Phillies were 08. 08, um, 90, 80, 08, and then now. Now the Eagles. Yeah, so yeah. At, at least Boston, even though after the Red Sox finally won it, they still had three years of the Patriots and then the Celtics and Bruins going back a little ways. But it was the Red Sox that always uh, kind of averted them. Mm-hmm. So now that the Eagles had their championship, this is, yeah, this is super big. Yeah, yeah, my uh, my brother and a bunch of coworkers went down to the parade. Oh, and, there you go. Uh, they enjoyed that. Nobody got rowdy. Everybody was feeling good. That's what I heard. Now, was you know because uh, Bud Light was going to you know <laughs> give out yeah, free beer. Free beer, hey. Free and everybody beers. was very nervous. But you know, aside from that, I you mean, you know, like I watched the coverage on my computer at work, mm-hmm. and um, everybody just looked like they were having a good time. Like nobody yeah. wanted to fight. Everybody just wanted to celebrate. Yeah, because they had kind of gotten it out of their system, I'm guessing. Like, just the celebration aspect of just the rowdiness of, like, I can't believe it. Yeah. You yeah. know, the night after, the the night of. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching the game, and I think five minutes later, I was still, like, I looked at my friend. I was like, did that really just happen? Did we really just win? <laughs> well, also, the the lack of enthusiasm by, Michaels, uh, by Al Michaels and um, Chris Collinsworth, like, kind of didn't help it either. I don't think they realized that when that ball got batted down that it that took the whole nine which, seconds which was and kind of surprising because al michaels it. he's a really good broadcaster i really enjoy him doing football 
But that one just, he fell really short in that game, and, and Collinsworth really felt pro-Patriot, which I didn't like at all. Yeah, don't talk to any Philadelphia <laughs> about that guy. That, they they couldn't have shipped him to South Korea quicker. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, so your uh, your family saw Kelsey there. Did they did they report back on his uh, Jason Kelsey with his WWE style promo? You know, it was funny watching it on the live stream. They cut his mic, and yeah. I, I kind of I rewound a few times because I wasn't sure if it's just my work connection finally figuring out that I was watching the parade and I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> um, but I later that night, a bunch of my friends posted the unedited version on Deadspin on Facebook. Right. So. I got to enjoy his his monologue in its entirety. Yeah, and he was dressed like in a he was dressed in a mummer's costume. He was all over the place. Yeah, but you know what? That, that was great. I mean, the fans loved it. He he was barely on the bus. He was out high fiving everybody. Everybody's throwing beers. Best video I saw was somebody throwing a beer up to Doug Peterson <laughs> on a moving bus, and he caught it one handed, no problem. Hey, that's that's so. talent. No, he knows. He knows what that means to to that city, and you know. I mean, just like Kelsey said, I mean, he was ranked the worst as starting the worst head coach in the NFL this year, which is just crazy to think that it didn't phase him. Like you know, he knew he he's like, yeah, I'm in my second year, but I've done this before. It's not my first rodeo. So. Yeah, but still, just the fact that like you're voted like I can think of a couple that are that are worse than him. It was only his second year, and they had you know a disappointing year last year. But I mean. Ha- to begin the year, they've started off strong. So, remind you know. me again what Cleveland went this year. Uh, they won. Uh, they won one. No, they didn't even win one. Yeah. So they were zero and sixteen. Yeah. yeah, and Hugh Jackson still has a job. Yeah. Somehow Hugh Jackson goes zero and sixteen after having one or two two wins last year, one win last year, and he somehow is able to keep his job. Meanwhile, at the same time, convincing the owner to oust the general manager it made no sense. So that was crazy. Um, and not much movement in football so far. Um, I know that the Eagles, uh, lost Frank Reich, mm-hmm. Frank Rich. Is it yeah, Rich or it's Reich. Reich, yeah. yeah. Frank yeah. Reich, now he's the head coach of the Colts. Mm-hmm. And we also lost, uh, DiFilippo. That's right. The quarterback's coach is now the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Those are going to be two big losses, especially DiFilippo, because he's, he got that quarterback crew, you know, between Wentz and Foles and mm-hmm. the kid from Indiana. They're like a a well well oiled machine. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. That's that's going to be a huge loss for next year. And now, I mean, to be fair though, with um, the offensive coordinating position, it, you know, Peterson plays. He still calls the plays. We'll see how how long that lasts because there's always like that's the first thing to go when a team struggles. So we'll you know we'll have to see. But he's already trying to maybe push either Deuce Staley or Mike Rowe up to offensive coordinator, but. I think Deuce is the is the obvious first choice just because he's been with the team for so long and he had that whole running back core like Absolutely. You know, it was a three headed monster. Four if you count uh uh Sproles. Yeah, Sproles at the beginning of the year. Right. And then there was the other the other uh Buckhalter. Yeah. Uh was it Buckhalter? No, 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 no. Um who was he? Was a young? I want to say Greenwood, but it's that's not what I'm. Th- maybe I'm thinking Chatwood. Mm-hmm. Before before Blount, well, before Ajayi came, there was Sproles, Blount, Brent. Well, yeah, something see, now you're gonna make Chatwood. Me take my phone out, and I should know this off the top of my head. The problem <laughs> is the kid didn't play for almost three quarters of the rest of the season. I know. Now I got to look this up too. Yeah, there was another. 
There was another, that, but yeah, Deuce Staley yeah, had. Buckalter. That goes back. In <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, there. if we're talking about Deuce Staley and uh, Carell Buckalter, yeah, now that's that's, that's that's a different. No, because also Mike Rowe, um, the son of a uh, former Jets head coach Al Groh, a defensive uh, coordinator for a lot of years too. Uh, but Mike Rowe, he was uh, you know the wide receivers coach, and he got you know I mean he's turned Nelson Aguilar into a big I mean Alshon Jeffrey had a he was big to begin with, but I mean this year especially they had a uh, Wendell Smallwood that was it go, that was he was the one who yeah. was in so I mean my gosh they had oh boy let's take a look Blount Ajayi Corey Clement uh, Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood that four right there. Um, and it's just I re- unbelievable. I remember when they picked up Ajay, and I actually went to the game against Denver where Ajay played at home for the first time. Oh yeah, and, and Sproles. He got his first his first touchdown, and you just saw all the running backs run to the end zone to yeah. celebrate with him, like you know, hey, we're glad you're here. You're gonna make this team better. There, there's no egos. It's rare. It's rare you see a trading deadline deal in season that affects a team like this. Like this, that was almost a a baseball move in terms of like a trade deadline. And for what it cost them, it was like you know they got a they got them for a fourth rounder. It was like it was nothing. Miami doesn't know what they're giving up. No, they don't. So no, they're they're foolish that way. Um, so yeah, so uh, but I mean, really, with Peterson, he's going to be calling the plays. It's just like so. And I was reading that they're trying to maybe have Staley be the uh, was it the run game? Was it have it like have his job be like run game? Oh yeah, run game coordinator and Grow be the pass game coordinator. Like I guess like as a precursor to being a full offensive coordinator. But of the two, I would think Staley because y- you need that running game to be strong. And you can always it's it's much easier to go from pass to run than it is from run to pass in terms of like the play calling, where you like you start off one place and then you go to the other. So it'll be interesting to see. I, you know, I, I you know it's uh, it's big for Philadelphia, and they this is a team that's coming back strong next year mm-hmm. with the Eagles. So we'll have to see how it works out for them because it's very hard. This is the kind of thing that there's a big hangover. For so many teams. I mean, maybe not too much recently. Like Seattle was an example. They were able to come back the following season. The Broncos, but they lost the first year with the, or that first time. So, it's yeah, it's tough to repeat. I think with the Eagles, this was not the year that everybody thought it was going to happen. I thought, I think everyone thought this was going to be a growth, another growth year for Wentz and yeah. the team. And that maybe in year three that that's where everything would click. Yeah. So the fact that it happened now and just the attitude and the mentality of the team and the staff and, and the ownership, they're talking like this is going to be happening for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's very likely it could be, which is, which is odd to say for you know, a team like the Eagles, but, you know, now it finally is. Um, so also in the off season now, Kirk Cousins, the, the you know, trying to, everybody courting him. The Broncos are the ones that seem to be in the lead, but now it just came out the, that the Jets, my favorite team, uh, has, quote, said w- they're willing to pay whatever it takes to try and have him come. I mean, this is the best free agent quarterback that's been out there since Drew Brees, and that was over 10 years ago. To finally have somebody out there, um, you know, that's that's a really good free agent quarterback. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo is his best friend right now. 
because Garoppolo just set the market for how much Cousins could potentially get. Twenty-seven and a half million. Yeah, and and that and Garoppolo's only played you know nine games. He's undefeated in those nine games, but Cousins has at least he's won a division. Um, his offensive coordinators have gone off and been superstar head coaches, uh, Sean McVay and um, oh, who's the other one? Um. Gosh, what's the name of the coach in, in San Francisco? Because he was also... Shanahan. Yeah, Shanahan. Because Shanahan was Cousins' offensive coordinator to college Shanahan. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, he's going to be big, and everybody thinks that he, Cousins will go to the Broncos because they've got the defense. But as a Jet fan, I really, I'm very happy to see that the Jets are coming out and saying, because they've got $70 million under the cap. Like, why hold on to it? And, you know, the draft is such a crapshoot, and I've never been... I haven't been a fan of the Jets drafting since, I think, 06. I mean, just, it's always a defensive player. It's been terrible, so I'm really hoping that the Jets actually... Like, he, they come down, either they get him, or they're, like, one of the last two teams that are left. So that's what I'm really hoping for. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, did you catch any of the basketball, uh, the uh, NBA All-Star game? No. No, neither did I, so don't <laughs> worry about it. It's too much of a spectacle, and, I, you know, it's it's an All-Star game. You know, uh, the Pro Bowl tried to do this because now it was LeBron and, and Curry, and they both had, you know, it was like a fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. Like they had all the All-Stars, and then they picked sides. Okay. It, they tried that with the Pro Bowl, but... Yeah, yeah, that didn't take uh, All Star Weekend to me is who's going to win the slam dunk contest. Yeah, and even you then, <laughs> and even then, it's still missing some big names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because nobody wants to take the chance of getting hurt. Uh, but how hurt? I don't know. That I don't understand. Like, how hurt do you get during a doing a slam dunk contest? Well, if you land wrong, you blow out your ankle, or God forbid, your knee. I mean, <laughs> you can talk to Knicks fans about. It. ACLs right now. They're, yeah. They're, their season went down the tubes a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah, it, it's true. But, I mean, Blake Griffin jumped over He jumped over a car, and he was fine. Yeah. I mean, so, and that's recent history. So, you can, you'll be fine. You know, we always have this, this positive outlook on it in the past, like Jordan and Wilkins and Spud Webb even and Vince Curry. Even that wasn't too, so long ago. But, yeah, just nobody wants to do it. No big-name players want to do it anymore. If anything, the biggest names, aside from the actual game, are like the Futures game or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. Otherwise it's... known as the Sixers Invitational. <laughs> <laughs> the process. How is the process going, would you say? Um, I mean, seventh. They're, they're, in the, they're in the playoff hunt, so seventh in the finally East. gelling. But... Fifth, oh, over 530 and 25. Yeah, here again, another one of those things that you knew was coming, but you didn't expect it when it finally happens. Except I think the Sixers fans have been asking for this for a couple of years. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, they've been, trust the process, trust the process, process. It's been all about that. So now they're actually, they might actually take a step forward in that. I'm just, I'm, you know, I don't think I had talked about it, but the trading deadline deal in the NBA where Cleveland just, they clingered house and actually somehow made themselves better getting rid of Isaiah Thomas who everybody was so sure he was going to come in and take over for Kyrie because they thought Kyrie was getting older, and they flip-flopped, and now Kyrie's doing great in Boston. And 
Isaiah Thomas just came in to Cleveland and he just became like a rumor monger. He was getting on Kevin Love's case and all this stuff, so they ship him off to L.A. and they get back all these young guys. And actually, like LeBron's almost happy now. Yeah, it's gonna keep him there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Although now there's rumors, of course, they might go back to the Heat. I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Philly's got a young core. I, I think LeBron, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, if LeBron could go there, that'd be good. A lot of history in the 76ers organization. Mm-hmm. Just saying. <laughs> um, but I'm also surprised at how well uh, Toronto's doing. You know, we talk about you know Kyrie with with Boston, but Toronto's he, they're in first place. They got they're 41 and 15, which I think is that's third in in in. Uh, in the NBA behind, uh, of course, uh, Golden State and Houston. But, I mean, with with not really, I don't know, who could you really say who was really even a superstar there? Uh, yeah, there's something to be said. Like, when you think about all these super teams that they create, you know, you get, like, big th- two, three, two or three big names and a mm-hmm. supporting cast around them. Yeah, the NBA, to me, has almost become boring like that, where it's just it has. there's a couple super clubs and then everybody else. You know, it's like European soccer. There's mm. the big name clubs and then there's everybody else who's trying to come in fifth. It is. And it and also where the super teams had popped up, Golden State, Cleveland, Miami, like nobody was I know the Bulls tried to do like their their dollar store version when it was like an old Ron, you know, uh Rondo and an old Kyrie and all this stuff, or, you know, they just tried to bring him in, but it just didn't work. But like, not New York, you know, Boston's doing well as it is, but not L.A. Like, they're they're kind of eschewing like the big, the big market teams and building these small, uh, or the you know the the superstar teams in the smaller markets, or at least like the mar- the teams that haven't had the great history. Well, buy low, sell high. That's right? true. Get a cheap NBA team, build it up, win a few championships, and sell it when you when the money's good. That is true. Absolutely. Uh, training, um, spring training started for some baseball, for, for baseball, I should say. Now that, now that the Super Bowl's over, we can turn our attention to baseball, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, you're a Phillies fan? Yeah, but the NFL drafts in April, right? That is true. And, you know, it's funny, and we'll talk about the Winter Olympics, but the football's version of the Olympics is coming up, um, the Combine. Because mm-hmm. I love it. You've got, you know, the broad jump, the high jump. You've got, like, you know, uh, the basically the 100-meter dash, you know, the 40. So I, I always love that. So I'm really looking forward to the Combine when that comes up. Yeah, but they never talk about the interviews, right? You do you do all these things on the field, and then they have the interviews, and that's where the real meat of the process, I think, happens because the guy can run fast, jump high, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. But if you can't answer the questions <laughs> that those organizations are asking you right away, they're gonna go, "Nope, sorry, you're a third rounder." Well, the Wonderlick test too, which they put a lot of stock into. Mm-hmm. Um, who who's the one who famously? Fa- I think Vince Vince Young like basically failed it. I mean, he still got a number one draft pick. He still got, but he also, you know, he lost a couple games in a row. He went back to his mother's house crying. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it didn't work out for him. Um, but I know that the Phillies, I mean, one of the few actual um, free agent signings that happened in this offseason for, for Major League Baseball, Carlos Santana, formerly of the Cleveland Indians. Are you excited to have him? Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, there hasn't been since... Since I'll never forget 2010 when you know Ryan Howard hit that sm- slow dribbler and blew yep. his Achilles, 
and I got married the very next day, and my wife's like, you're okay? I'm like, yeah, the Phillies got knocked out of the playoffs. <laughs> and that and was that, ba- That's kind of when the Phillies, um, you know, short little empire ended. Yeah, it really did. Um, you know, we had a couple good years there, and, uh, you know, in Philly, you take a championship where you can get it. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, I, obviously, yeah. but And that was when they had the four aces, Oswald and Hamels and mm-hmm. yeah, that Lee was, and yeah. Holiday. Yeah, that was the year that we, everybody was, we, we were going all the way. No problem. Look out. And just, nope. Yeah. Don't, don't want to get the wild card in the first round. No, no, definitely don't. But just I, I've just been so amazed at how, and I, we've talked about on the show that just how nobody is signing any of these players. And I heard an interesting theory. Now, you know, with the whole shakedown on you know performing enhancing drugs and all this stuff, one of the things that also got caught up with that was amphetamines, the greenies. And you know, if you talk to any, if you hear any interview with an ex-ball player about like, oh, I wasn't scheduled to play, so I stayed out the night before. And then when I got to the stadium in the morning, they said, oh, you have to, you know, you know, so-and-so can't play, so you're starting. And they've got, you know, bloodshot eyes and hangover and taking amphetamine. And then they're, they're, they're good, for the, good for the game. But apparently because, and I heard, heard this in really interesting theory, and I actually kind of give it a bit of credence, that removing amphetamines from the game um, has caused the older players to not be able to you know, uh, perform weekly, daily, basically. So that now that's because free agency, you're 30 and you hit free agency, basically, that now the players who are of that age are just not getting signed because they just can't, they can't handle the day-to-day wear, especially for the prices they're asking. Right, and that's the problem. You know, they think they're worth more than they really are. Well, of course, and, you know, and it's just so interesting that all of the guys who are f- still free agents that have been signed are Boris agents because Boris is the one who always wants to get his... <laughs> He's ridiculous. J.D. Drew, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, my gosh, J.D. Drew. Scott Rowland, too. Yeah. If I'm, oh, boy, he would... But the, J- the J.D. Drew thing still leaves a sour taste in people's mouths. Yeah, because he was he was he was drafted by the Phillies. Was he was he ever signed with them? He said he had told them before they drafted them that he would never play for them, and um, it just it went downhill from there. Like he he went to what was the St. Paul in the Independent mm-hmm. League and started playing there. Yep, and it's because Boris wanted a ten million dollar signing bonus for him. You know, it's like you haven't even it's stepped ridiculous. into a minor league. Like, forget it. Yeah, that's yeah, granted. The next year they signed Pat Burrell for that ten million dollars signing bonus, but uh, yeah, it was a principal thing. No, <clears throat> it was, and I'm you know Drew was he was okay, but he was nothing of what Boris said that he would turn out to be. He had a forty, he had a forty-four WAR, uh, win above re- replacement, two hundred forty-two homers, seven hundred ninety-five RBIs, and what was his lifetime batting average? Let me look that up. Two seventy-eight. Like not for the money that he was expected no. to to want or even to make. Oh my god, he made a total. He made over a hundred million dollars in his career. Boston, of course, they signed him for fourteen million a year. They yeah, produced then, but I I, 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 I think Philly had been Philly had been burned by free agency and and, and big money signings in its recent history. When I mean, right. the, the whole Greg Jeffries thing from the 90s just, yeah you know that that's where all the money went and i they they weren't were willing to pay an untested you know drafty that kind of cash yeah 
It did make sense then. And, and now, like, you, you see all these teams now that that are just like, well, why are we spending this money? Let's just do what the Astros did. Let's just do what the Cubs did. You know, hey, we, we hoard all these um, hoard all these draft picks, and it's actually going to work out. And actually, there have been a couple of breaks in some of the ownerships that they've finally been able to sign some of these guys. Eric Hosmer, the big-name first baseman from the Royals, he's now signed with the Padres. I think five years over a hundred million. I think they are uh, Boris Boris client, which is interesting because the Padres already had a first baseman and Will Myers, a good hitter, but now they've got another first baseman. So we'll see how they work out that. And actually, it just came down today. The Red Sox finally did sign J.D. Martinez. Uh, that was a five-year, and they're talking was it five years, one hundred and ten million, which I think he was looking for something more than that. But you know. They're, all the free agents are now starting their own training camp mm-hmm. because nobody's signing them and they want to keep themselves, you know, healthy. Yeah, so. I, I had heard that there was talk that the Players Association was boycotting the beginning of spring training because there were no free agent signings and that got poo-pooed yeah. real quick. So now they found, I think, Brayton, uh, Brayton, uh, Brayton, Florida, they found a place down there to... Uh, to do it, which I'm, I'm kind of interesting to see how that works out. Are they going to be playing any, you know, uh, scrimmages? Are they going to be playing any games against actual teams or like colleges? Or are they just going to? It's just going to be them like just constantly training, or like an inner squad kind of thing. I guess you know, I, I, it's just going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, JD Martinez, he wanted uh, over two hundred million, but he oh. ended up getting. 110 million. By the way, this is a guy who's never played like 130 games in a season. But he's, you know, he is a good hitter and he can play the outfield. So that'll be interesting to see. So moving over to the Olympics real quick. um, uh, We were talking before we went on air. You were, you've you've been keeping track as well. Oh yeah. yeah, I've been an Olympics junkie since 88. What's your, what's your, oh, there you go. What's your favorite event? Or events? I really, I watch as much as I can, like all of it. Um, my daughters now are into the figure skating because they like the costumes. So I'm like, very popular. Like t- today, my daughter watched the recording of the ice dancing last night. But she, but then on, on the other side of the coin, she loves watching the ski jump. Ski jump's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we had that on the first night of uh, Olympics, like day one or day two, with some friends just watching it. Just. To, I don't know how people who really said like first like I bet I can go down there and just off this really high hill and not die. Yeah, I said hold my beer. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah, it really is how most of these sports started. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy speed skating. Speed skating is one of my favorite. Short track or regular? Um, honestly, both. All I also enjoy the relay too. Because growing up, I loved speed skating, and mm. then all of a sudden, like after college, the short track got interesting. Yeah, like, they started showing short track, and that's just insanity. When I was a when I was really young, like Bonnie Blair, yeah, was Bonnie like my Blair. was my favorite athlete. Dan Jansen, yes, always came so close and kept missing or falling, yep. and they finally got it. Now, did you see? I uh, I think it was the short track where it was um, the men's gold or the men's like final where it was. Uh, the American came. He got the silver. That's so yeah, I watched yeah, the that. Canadian it went, and the spill out like around the last. Oh yeah, the two the last Korean guys and the and the guy from uh, oh, Hungary. Hungary, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah, was, was that was a crazy collision. I mean, but that that's what happens. I mean, it does. You know, and that that's what makes it fun. 
And what was crazy is when that happened, how like that entire crowd just hushed. Yes, because like it's it's like the national sport in South Korea. They yeah, oh, it absolutely it is. And, and it, it's it's so raucous and wild, and then just like that just happened. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. But get up, you guys. <laughs> there's still one medal to get. Get in there. Yeah, somebody somebody can pick that up. Um. Yeah. So that's been. Yeah. So I've been enjoying that. Um, I know that the hockey, while they don't have any NHL players this year, still been pretty, still been pretty good. Um, yeah, we were watching the uh, the U.S. women's game today against Finland, the semifinal, and they're just they're good. And the other day when they were playing Canada, five seconds left in the game, they're trying to get the puck in, and all of a sudden a fight breaks out almost. I mean, it's you want to talk about two teams that don't like each other? That's yeah, that's great. Yeah, they it's good really to see do. the competitiveness. Um, and I know that. Let me see. Was this the men's? I want to look up. Yeah, the men's have uh, Slovakia actually tonight. Yeah, in about. Uh, yeah, we're recording this. Minutes. Recording this uh, President's Day Monday. Happy President's Day to you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I had a day off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the U.S. U.S. and Canada for the finals again in uh, women's hockey. I mean, that's that's been the only finals game since they brought the games in '98. Yeah. That's the last time the U.S. won the gold in it. Right. Actually, I think I heard like the last time Canada lost a game was that like 23, 24 straight games without a loss since that uh, gold final. Um, so, I mean, Canada is always there, uh, both in men's and women's. But it's just interesting to see, you know, even without the NHL players this year, there's still a little bit of juice, but not quite as much as there used to be. Well, it's funny. Actually, I know people who have kids on the team really yeah my uh my wife's brother actually used to play with one of the kids that's uh that's playing on the team uh mccarthy okay and then uh one of my former co-workers her son got drafted by the rangers a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and kind of bounced around the minors went over to europe and now he's playing Sanguinetti. wow okay there so. you go so it's actually kind of cool because, like, you look in the stands and you actually see the parents there and you recognize them. So, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So and Germany's really doing well this year. Uh, they've got twenty of the medals behind Norway. Twenty-eight. U.S. only has ten right now. Yeah, they'll get there. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to come in first, but no, no, top never. Five, definitely. I mean, well, the United States is second in historically in winter medals norway's number one i mean mm-hmm. they invented pretty much all the sports here and they can do them year round yeah so i'm not surprised um and we have a lot i also looked up we have a large lead in the summer games too the summer medal count mm-hmm. like, i think we have the most fourth places this olympics so far i yeah so i think it was like eight or nine fourth place f- finishes yeah and and some of them like i know like uh sean white won and chloe kim won but some of the other events in the snowboarding we were we were not as high. As yeah, it was the snow cross. Mm-hmm. You know, Lindsay Jacobellis once again did not get her gold. Nope. Um, you know, and the men's, the, the, I believe the men's. I don't even know if we made the final, or if we did, we did, we didn't win, um, or get any of the medals. But you know, it, a lot of the the, the snow uh, snowboarding events were great. The yeah. the the ski. Uh, oh, what's the one where they? I was watching it last night. It, it just freestyle. Yeah, the freestyle where they're all just doing jumps and yes. all that stuff. Yeah, it's 
The slope style. That's yes, the slope style. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, these are sports that were invented in America, essentially. So it's like we're, if, we're if gonna... we don't win or at least medal, like there's something wrong. Yeah, because we're the ones who came up with them. Well, it's just interesting to see how, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, it was like the, basically a, the Cold War games. It was the Soviets against the U.S. And now it's like every other country has started developing their sport programs right. and really getting into it. And they just... You know, the Netherlands dominates speed skating. Yes. That's oh, man, do they. Norway dominates cross-country skiing. The Germans are do- dominating the jumping events. Yes. You know, last night, the bobsled. You're like, mm-hmm. how, you know, Canada was dominating that. Germany had, had uh, in the men's, two the two-man bobsled, they had it, like, fall over. They still came in first place. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely that. And now there's also that um, one of the, I think it was a curler. I forget which sport, but a uh, a... An Olympic athlete of Russia has uh, it's um, has possibly failed a drug test. Yeah, I didn't see that one. <laughs> You'd think like now, now, now. If we let you, we promise. We oh, damn it, you. Well, I, I was reading today that uh, Michaela Schifrin's French boyfriend got thrown out, thrown off the team. Yes, he did. He wasn't displaying good team spirit. Yeah, he was when they were asking him how he did or how's the team doing, and it's like I. You know, I do, you think I'm doing it for them? I'm doing it for me, and it's just like no. So he was sent home packing. That's absolutely right. Yeah, but I mean, come on, man. Like, sit him down, talking to him, and say, "Come on, get back out there and say you didn't really. It was the heat of the moment. You didn't. Yeah. Don't throw him out of the Olympics." I I don't know. I guess some of, some of these countries have very high standards. Like if you falter in any way, and also you know the Olympics are very strict. You know, with the Summer Olympics. Uh, uh, two years ago in, in Rio, they had, you know, some of the Middle Eastern countries, like some people were, you know, holding up flags in the stands, you know, talking about some of the human rights violations in some of these countries. And that got like nobody wanted to talk about that. The IOC was trying to like cover that up like, no, 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 let's not talk about this here. And it, but it kind of makes sense. Like, all right, let's talk about stuff like this here. So if you're upset, like, hey, I didn't do well. I only get to come here once every four years if I'm lucky. Yeah, I should be upset. So, you know, that kind of makes sense. But a lot of times they're like, no, no, no. It's. Hey, I remember the 98 men's hockey team the first year the NHL was there. They trashed their hotel room out. <laughs> they didn't make it to the medals. And yeah. They kept bringing NHL players back. So It's true. Well, you know, it, it pays. Um, you're also a big, big soccer fan, too. Yes. Um, uh, I know the MLS season's going to start in March. March so 10th, yeah. Red Bulls will be, uh, I'm a Red Bull season ticket holder. They start off the season at home against Portland. Okay. Yeah, Portland coming off their first place regular season uh, in the Western Conference last year. But uh, it's it's a year of change for the Red Bulls. They've, mm-hmm. they've had this attitude the last couple seasons of going with the youth movement, promoting from within. And it started to work. I mean, Tyler Adams is playing for the men's senior team now. Right. Which is and well deserved. He's one of the best players I've seen on the field out there. Right. But you know, we traded second year in a row. We traded our team captain away, Sasha Kleshin, down to Orlando for two young. Here again, younger players. Um. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, we just signed uh Argentinian playmaker Kaku. Okay. Uh, well, 
He's been practicing with the team for about a month and a half now, but the contract was held up because uh, down in South America, the agents want a percentage of everything. Well, and apparently his former agent came in at the last second and said, hey, I got him to you. You owe me money, too. So there was a big to do about that. But they just announced his signing this week. Um, Okay. But uh, also Champions League uh, in CONCACAF starts up this week. So the Red Bulls are playing a team from Honduras, but it's going to be in Costa Rica, I believe the game is the first leg is going to be held because of the issues with the Honduran government right now. Okay. Uh, so that kicks off on Thursday, the 22nd, and then there'll be uh, the second legs at home at Red Bull Arena on March 1st. Oh, there you go. Now with, you know, it's interesting because uh, the um, Champions League, the Champions Cup in England or um, uh, in Europe is kind of like the big, um, the, the big overall. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that uh, the con, you know, that co- um, the North American version of that? Do you think that that election not rival it because I don't think anything can rival when you've got you know teams in Germany playing teams in England, but like to have that here in the states be big. You know, there's some people that that say that some teams take this champions, the Concacaf Champions League, more seriously than the others. There's some. A lot of people think the MLS teams don't take it all that seriously, that they right. only send like their B team. The problem with the CONCACAF Champions League is that most of the Central American and Caribbean clubs have been playing for two months by the time the MLS teams get in. Oh, that's We're true. completely in preseason. So the Mexico is won it almost every year um, because they start their the second half of their season in January. MLS doesn't start until March. They've got eight, nine, ten games, like, actual competitive games under their belt while MLS teams are playing preseason stuff. Interesting. Um, So, I mean, there's been attempts to try to make it a little, get get a little more competitive, you know, get more MLS and other league involvement. Right. Because really when it comes to CONCACAF, there's MLS and there's, um, you know, the Mexican League. And... I don't know. I think there needs to be some kind of format change. Um, it, it's hard to say. But the problem is that MLS doesn't follow the FIFA calendar and every other league in the CONCACAF region does. So right. instead of playing from August through May, June, MLS plays March through December. Because let's be honest, you're not going to have an outdoor game in New England for two months if you play that no. kind of calendar. No way. Yeah. No way. And it, you know, it almost kind of makes sense. You know, we we don't use the, um, you know, we well, the measurement system. Metric system. Yeah, we we don't use the <laughs> metric system. So why are we going to also follow the world in in their soccer calendar? Um, and what about, uh, so the Premier League this year? You also keep track of that, right? It's the Manchester City Invitational. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. One loss. I mean, this is unbelievable how they're uh, doing this, this year. This is typical Pep Guardiola, Guardiola mm-hmm. football. You know, he did it in Barcelona, he did it at Bayern Munich, and now he's doing it in Manchester City. Uh, someday he'll get old enough and he'll want to coach an MLS team. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, look, when you have the money. And you can assemble the stable of players that they do. Right. You're going to see domination. Um, We're seeing it now. You know, I mean, the Premier League is the most watched league in the world. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the most exciting. I mean, the the race for the relegation zone is actually, most of the time, much more interesting than what teams are going to come in first through fourth because it's always the same four teams. 
Yeah, um, right now there's there's five teams down at the bottom that are trying to stave it off. Yeah. You know, it it's great because when you get to those last two, three games of the season, if it's still close, I mean, like, you know, one goal could determine whether you're getting the golden parachute down to the championship division or if you're <laughs> staying in there and getting that $150 million prize money for coming in 16th. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's fun to watch the, those games. Not so much fun to see who's going to be the champion. Yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I, I don't see. Like, how many? There's been uh, 27 matches played. How many How many matches are, are in a season in the Premier League? In the Premier League, it's 38. Okay, so, yeah, we're it was 11 left. Mm-hmm. So it's coming down pretty close. Yeah, what's going to get interesting is to see how far the Premier League teams get in the Champions League because that could have an impact on... Not necessarily, you know, the race for first, but the race for the other positions. Right. Right. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. All right. Well, uh, Patrick, I really appreciate you coming on this episode. Hey, thanks for having me. Not a problem. You know, we don't actually, uh, my friend Alex, you know, he moved back to England so we don't get a lot of uh, soccer talk on, but I know you're a big soccer fan, so I wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's going to be a tough year for the World Cup for me, you know, I mean, U.S. isn't in it. Italy isn't in it. Ireland's not in it. The Dutch aren't in it. That's all four of my nationalities gone. <laughs> you know, somebody asked me, are you going to watch the World Cup this year? I said, probably not. I, I think what would be really interesting for the World Cup is if England went far. Because you mentioned all those, you know, I mean, the U.S. not being there. So, I mean, like the only other really big power that would be, that hasn't won in a while. Because, you know, Germany... Is that you can count on them going really deep into it? Of course, Argentina, uh, you know, Spain has always a good chance to go deep. But to see if England were to actually do something, you know, they they've got the best, like you said, they've got the best, you know, uh, soccer league, professional soccer league, but they have not done much. Yeah, that that's one of the problems with England is they just they. The Premier League's great, but the Premier League is great because they bring in the best from all over the yeah. world. And England's kind of making this movement now to make the clubs play more of the English players. Like there, there's some leagues around the world that make it mandatory that you have to play a youth player every single game. Really, you know, the player has to start or has to come in with within the final thirty minutes of the game. And wow, that, that's the way to get these kids their competitiveness because you can have an under twenty three team, you can have a youth team, but at the end of the day, you're 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 playing against kids. You got to be playing against guys who have been in the pros ten years. Who, oh, absolutely. Who don't don't care if you're 23 and new. They will run you over just as quick <laughs> as they run over the 32 year old guy. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of kids are getting loaned out. You know, there's some U.S. players that went over to England that have been loaned out to. You don't want to call them the lower leagues right. in Europe, but the um, you know the leagues where they're going to get just as much experience. I'll give you an example: Matt Miazga. Okay. Right. Red Bull Academy player, played for the Red Bulls, got signed by Chelsea. Mm. And the day it happened, everyone was like, really, Chelsea? You're never going to see the, the light of the field. And his first year, he tra- you know he, he played two games, I right. think. He had a, a good game against Aston Villa and then uh, an awakening when they played a decent team the following week. Um, so the next season, he got loaned out to a team in the Netherlands. And... Didn't start there, but worked his way, worked hard, got okay. into the first team, and won a cup there. 
And everyone said, you know, is he going to come back and play again, you know, for Chelsea this season? And he ended up getting loaned back out to that same team. So there you go. We'll see what happens for him. He's, he's going to be a starter on the U.S. national team for a, t- a long time to come, I think. Right. But we won't see that until 2022. Yeah, but that, you know, I hate to say <laughs> this, but it might be a good thing that we didn't get to, to the World Cup. That's a very good point. It's going to allow them to have a youth movement. You're going to have yes. these kids playing together for the next eight years. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a solid team in 2022. Oh, absolutely. And you have a good showing then, and if they give us the cup for 2026, then, you know, maybe we'll win it at home. Who knows? That'll be nice Yeah, the next time. And, and also just how Qatar will work out as the host country. I'm, I'm I'm predicting it now. You're going to see an under twenty three tournament. Yeah, it's, the 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 cup is going to be held in November and December. Mm-hmm. These teams are not going to release their best players out to play the World Cup in the middle of their season. There's too much money on the line. Right. They're going to say, you know, send your youth players, send your youth teams. We right. want these guys to go down with heat, dehydration, stroke, and all that stuff. Or just like a you know a stadium collapse because who knows what these things are made of. It's just so you got so rushed, yeah. but you know, there's no bribery. Don't worry. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Enough with that. All right. Well, Patrick, thanks very much. I, so I appreciate this a lot. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. We'll have to have you on again, of course. All right. All right. Andrew, please take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.